Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on. Hi, welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series for tourism professionals in Tasmania, brought to you by the Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. I'm today's host, Sam Denmead. In fact, I'm not today's host, I'm a co-host and I'm joined by my friend Jake Smith. Hi, Jake. Hi, Sam. How are you? (laughs) Excellent. Thanks for joining us today. Together, we're hosting today's episode and we're going to share some of the stuff that we know about tourism. So, Jake, do you want to talk about uh, what the the broad idea of what we're doing today? Yeah. So, um, for us, uh, we're looking at the 10 things tourism operators must do uh, now coming out of uh, this COVID period. So, looking to the future and some practical tips um, that they all start with P. uh, (laughs) And um, yeah, we're going to work through those uh, for you today. Cool. So we've got 10. And in fact, when we were working through this, we had about 16, I think, that we developed and we had to narrow it down. So there's a lot of things we think operators could and should be doing in their business, but we distilled it to our top 10 and worked out that they could all start with P. So (laughs) (laughs) just to make it interesting. So the first one off the top of the list is P for point of difference. So that basically means uh, finding your competitive advantage. And how do you do that? How do you work out what it is about your business that makes it amazing and stand out? There are several ways you can do it. You can find out what it is about your business by asking your your consumers, the people who come to your business and saying, hey, what is it about us that you like and what is it about us that made you choose us? Or you could do a competitor analysis, which essentially um, is a technique for you to analyse what your competitors are doing pitting yourself against them um, across a range of features. So it could be that your competitive advantage comes from your location or your uh, maybe your carbon no, carbon neutral or your carbon uh, giving something back to the to the environment. Um, it might be something that uh, has something to do with your offering and the way you offer it. It could be something that makes you stand out in, across a range of things, but together, uh, when you put them together, you have a point of difference. And the point of all this conversation is once you find out what your point of difference is, uh, then you need to own it and be amazing at it, be undeniably good at it. And that will help you be set apart and find your point of difference for the industry. So that's number one. And looking at number two, uh, it's about planning and, and planning for the road ahead. So with a lot of focus over the last uh, six to eight months uh, being the shorter term, um, you know, a number of businesses have had to make short term uh, decisions to get through this period. And it's important now with the progressive opening of our borders that uh, businesses are looking ahead to the future, uh, particularly in the medium term, so the next six, 12 uh, months and beyond. Um, it's important that they have a clear plan for this road ahead. You know, what are your priorities and and how will you achieve those? Uh, Dive deep into the numbers and bed down any opportunities that might still exist uh, within your business. Flip everything upside down and and be critical is is key here. And a number of businesses have changed their operating models uh, over this period. Um, So decisions will need to be made whether this 
operating model will work in moving forward, whether businesses will revert back to the original uh, operating model or if it will be a hybrid of both. Um, then looking towards your cost centres and, and your structures uh, as, as um, the economy ramps up, uh, businesses will, will need to ramp up as well. So um, flexibility may be important um, over this uncertain period and particularly uh, areas such as, you know, one of the biggest cost bases in our industry is in our staffing structures. So casual and permanent part-time options might be considered more so than uh, more permanent team members. Um, also, I know we've, as an industry, all been looking at, at our flexible cost areas. An area that might not have been considered is in software and hardware licensing and, 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 and costs. And software as a service models, a number of, of providers are looking at those so that can save some money on software licensing fees and, and hardware maintenance costs. Also, utilities, you know, where there, there might not be flexibility in cost structures, there could be an opportunity to bed down over the next sort of two years or so uh, some really good options and power could be one of those with the uh, lower demand power over these last few months. Um, there may be some opportunities there. And outsourcing functions of your business could be another option as well. I know of a business in Launceston who has uh, outsourced their marketing function um, and they've seen some uh, great returns on this and also decrease in their costs. So really the key message here is make sure you've got a clear plan for the road ahead, know what you need to achieve it and certainly as things change, stay on top of that and, and adjust your plan as it, as it goes. And uh, that's number two. Excellent. So number three is people, P for people. And by people, not just the people who work with you, your staff, your families. Jake's already talked about thinking about your staff, your people around you. We're talking about your, the people who come to you, who, who are your customers, your, the consumers of, of your product, um, often known as the ideal customer, being able to clearly articulate who that person is uh, and, and really knowing what makes them tick. Um, why, do they, why do they travel to Tasmania? What is it that they are looking for in your product? And, and knowing exactly what their values are. Gone are the days where, well, they probably still are here for some people, but hopefully this whole idea of, of getting people to think about what the customer believes, their behaviour, what they value. Uh, those are the things that you need to tap into. Those are the things that are going to separate your business and your understanding of your people because then you can deliver your product to that, that group of people, not just, for example, not just a group of 35 to 45-year-olds from Sydney who you've lumped into this ideal customer which you thought because everyone else does, that's what you should be doing. But that makes no sense because how can a group of 35 to 45-year-old Sydney siders be your target market? They don't think the same. They're not the same. They don't all have the same values. So you need to be smarter and narrow it down. It's not about geography. It's not about demographics. It's about what these people want. And when you know that and when you know the people you want to come and experience your product, then look at your product and make sure that you're offering the product that these people want make sure that you, if you think you are offering it, make sure that it's clear that that's what you're offering. So you're, you're tailoring your product to meet the needs of your people. And that's number three. And now we're up to number four. We're nearly halfway there. <laughs> uh, next up is, is profit. And as business owners and leaders, we know that 
Profit is an outcome of performance, and we could have probably called this one performance as another P to lump into the mix, but um, we know that one of the biggest influences of business performance is the actions and performance of our team. So my question here is, does our team know, or do do our teams know, um, how their performance impacts uh, your business and ultimately uh, your profit? Right now, our team's actions and performance not only impact your business, but it also impacts uh, their paycheck uh, right now. And I think this is a really important point to make. Tourism employs a diverse range of individuals. A significant portion of them may not have business experience. And it's important that they do understand how their actions and performance um, impact your business and, and, and your profit. I'm not suggesting that um, you know businesses should become uh, radically transparent and, and show every uh, line on their profit and loss and, and how, how their performance impacts business or become very rigid in, in, in performance management because... I certainly appreciate that we operate in a guest-centric culture and culture is certainly a balance. But um, Mark Drucker coined the the term culture eats strategy for breakfast. It was made famous by uh, Mark Fields at Ford. And really what I'm saying is um, you can have all the processes and procedures in place, but if you don't have a supporting culture, there's a limit on the outcomes that can be produced uh, in regards to a, a strong performing business. So really make sure that your team members, you know, obviously have the knowledge on how to do their job, but they've also got clear performance objectives. Um, they know what they need to achieve and that they're also receiving um, strong, transparent and, and really critically timely feedback on their performance. And if you create a culture that is that is open to that, you can really enhance performance outcomes. And once a team is culturally centred on, on performance, you know, get them involved, um, see how they may uh, look at the business and, and there, there may be opportunities that, that as a leader you may not see in the business. Sometimes it's easy to ask the, uh, the waiter what's in the food rather than just assume it's um, gluten-free. So yeah, there's really some, some opportunities there and the main message here is to consider how your culture is orientated to performance. Do you have a high-performing team culture um, and how that impacts your profit? And uh, that is number four. I quite like that actually, Jake, that whole profit concept. I think a lot of businesses don't look at that properly or, or give give that enough attention because I think people are scared to talk about profit. Business managers talking to their employees about it. Yeah, and I think there's um, there's a bit of a sort of caution around really pushing is, is probably the wrong term, but performance. And and I think uh, there is a direct outcome and and like any person, you know, they want to positively contribute to what they're doing. They want to see a positive outcome. And just like they might support a, a teammate in a, in a soccer game, most people want to positively contribute to their work environment as well, rather than just do the task of doing a job. And I think that's, that's where that, that sort of paradigm shift can, can occur. Hmm. Excellent. Okay, so let's move on. Number five uh, is promotion. And that is, for those of you who've done any uh, studying in marketing understand what the four P's are, one of the four P's. Um, so it's one part of marketing, but for many business operators, promotion is 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 front of mind. It's what they think about a lot. Uh, promotion is often where a lot of money is spent and often spent badly. So let's look at what promotion can mean. Um, my first suggestion is to go and do an audit, an audit of all your promotional material and your marketing activity. So anything that involves spending money on, on, on promoting your business, um, audit everything that you put out there, making sure, like the points I've made earlier around understanding what your point of difference is and knowing who your people are, make sure that everything you do 
in terms of communicating to them or your material and anything you say, the words you use speaks to the people that you want to come to your business and explains to them what your point of difference is. So go through your website, have a look at all the images, go through your social media, see what you're saying, make sure it's very targeted to the target market, to the audience, the people that you want, and make sure that the images reflect your business and make sure that the the words and images also very clearly articulate uh, and demonstrate your, your very clear point of difference, your unique selling point. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing about that in terms of graphics, video, words, where do you start? Um, so my, my first suggestion is to start with images, making sure that the images speak to your customer because the image is what a customer sees first. It's the first thing that makes them go, oh, I need to know more. I like the look of this. It's only then that you've got their attention that they will then click a video. So if your images aren't right, forget about doing video, get your images right, then do your video. And of course, ensure your words speak clearly your story and tell your customers or your your ideal customers why they should come to you and making sure that your, your story is very clear. Another thing on promotion before I hand back to Jake is... Uh, ensure that you're making it easy for customers to find you at the moment. Um, people are searching for things to do. People are travelling around in Tasmania coming from interstate. They're obviously hoping that the business that they see online is actually still open and that they you're doing all the right things and that this is your chance to explain to them that, you, yes, you're open, yes, you're doing safe, uh, COVID-safe processes and that we're open for you. Come and visit us. So check that that's all very clear, that the customer can see what you're doing. And that's promotion halfway through. Yeah, so good. And that's certainly the um, the beginning of the the funnel, I suppose, in that awareness section leading into engagement. It's it's so important. Thanks, Sam. Next, uh, we have partnerships. And really, I, I think there's absolute power in partnerships. Um, they provide an incredible opportunity uh, for businesses to collaborate with other like-minded businesses, be it other operators, uh, suppliers, agents, uh, industry bodies. And it's really, it's about creating a win-win-win opportunity. Uh, a win for your business, um, a win for your partnering business, and a win for your people. It could be your customers or, or even your team. And um, by working with a partner, um, you have the opportunity to um, grow um, your customer base. Uh, you also have the opportunity to potentially gain access to new knowledge for your business that you may not have had access to before. Increased quantities of product, improved pricing, uh, perhaps different products you may not have had access to before. And, and I know particularly in sort of the liquor area, um, particularly our, our whiskey uh, market, uh, it can be quite challenging to get your hands on some amazing products because they're just in such high demand. So yeah, certainly partnerships can, can allow uh, access to, to a lot of things for, for your business. I think here in, in Tasmania, we have a strong brand and the more Tasmanian businesses uh, can partner with other local Tasmanian businesses, the better. Not only for each other, but also for the Tasmanian brand. And I think a really strong example of that is the the partnerships that have been built up at Stillwater 7. It's a, a fantastic accommodation product, really sort of amplifying uh, the essence of Tasmania. And they've partnered with a number of uh, local suppliers for their minibar, and they, they're showcasing those um, products. And it allows uh, not only an extension of, of the Stillwater 7 Tasmanian experience, 
through that, uh, those partnerships, but also the suppliers to showcase their products to potentially an audience that may not have had access to before. And then for the customer experience, um, they're getting a, a more rounded uh, Tasmanian experience with, with Stillwater 7 and, and certainly the products that, that they're experiencing. And I know Stillwater, they tailor their products to, to their uh, customers uh, through some preferences. So it's a really a, a, an enhanced uh, experience. And that right there is, is a win-win-win, a win for Stillwater 7, a win for the suppliers and a win for the customer. But, but that is a, also a win for the Tasmanian brand as well, which I think is, is fantastic. And, and there are plenty of examples, but, but really the message here is to consider um, how partnerships and a strong collaboration can work for your business and you know, create, create these partnerships um, that have clear goals uh, and work together to achieve these desired outcomes. It, it can be quite, quite, uh, quite an opportunity. And uh, that is uh, partnerships. Excellent. Highly back you on that one. I think partnerships are one of the strengths of Tasmania. One of the strengths of our industry is that we work together. I absolutely agree. Um, okay, moving on. P for processes. Um, this is kind of a boring one because it's not as sexy as promotion and <laughs> planning, but <laughs> but it's so important and it's so easy for operators to forego this valuable body of work in that processes, meaning get your operations manuals um, all up to speed, write the systems, get everything in place, write the policies, um, spend the time now when you're not as flat out to get your business get the systems right, get everything working in the background, have a, a good hard look at the way you do things, bring your staff into it, get your get the people who do the job uh, involved in making sure everything's written down. I know a lot of business, uh, businesses, including one I used to run, had a lot of systems in our head and it, it, it's really easy to go, I'm too busy to write this down. Now is the time to make these things happen. Write it all up into a procedures manual or, or an operations manual. It doesn't just help you find the weaknesses. It helps your staff understand what they're supposed to be doing and they can be on the same page. It ensures that the customer then gets the, the very best experience that you wanted them to have originally, to making sure your, your staff are on board with that. For example, things like writing position descriptions up that you may not have done or having a look at position descriptions that have been written years ago and, and evolving them, certainly with the person that's doing the job. Things change over time. The policies and procedures you had in place before COVID may now need to change, even if it's just slightly. So now's the time to go through and review everything, run a very critical eye over it and make those changes that, that need to be done. Now's the time to do it. The last thing about that is, of course, the COVID WorkSafe plans, making sure that you've gone online and filled in your, your safety plan templates and making sure your staff are all on board with that as well. We want to make sure the customer gets the best experience while they're here. So, and that's processes. Excellent. And I think also um, reflecting back on uh, profit or, or what we were talking about, mm. potentially performance, um, it gives you yeah. a, a great measure to manage uh, the performance of your team members with those processes that are, that are written up and, and clear for, yep. for the team. So. Next up, uh, we have positive impact. Uh, now, positive impact or for-purpose businesses understand the power of the positive impact that their business can have, not only to their bottom line, but to their greater organisation, employees, communities and customers. And we've heard a bit about that today at the tourism conference. Really, when an organisation can articulate its positive impact or purpose uh, that it contributes or is aiming to contribute, which is independent of profit, uh, it can support support guiding culture, provide a framework for decision-making, increase customer loyalty, and improve financial returns because they stand for something other than just making money. And certainly in today's environment, 
consumers are more and more looking at organisations who can create a positive impact into the world. There's a lot of research, particularly uh, with millennials uh, looking looking for businesses uh, who do this. And another example is Larry Fink, the chairman and CEO of BlackRock Investments. They manage something to the, the value. I think Google uh, advised me it was about $7 trillion worth of assets around the world. And so he knows a little bit about uh, financial returns. And in his um, 2019 address, he uh, referenced the power of purpose in business and the benefits of embedding it. Uh, Paraphrasing, he stated, profits are in no way inconsistent with purpose. In fact, they're inextricably linked and they help sustain financial returns. So uh, I think there there is really something there for businesses to consider their positive impact and and, and how they can create a positive impact into the world. And and how can your business um, create a positive impact? Certainly environmental sustainability, carbon neutral options there, land and plant initiatives, uh, the local wildlife community opportunities. There are quite a few. And I think here in Tasmania, um, we have a great opportunity as a, as a state to, to really stand out um, as, as, a, as a positive impact state for those who come to visit. Uh, some great examples uh, we've heard at today's conference again, uh, Pennicott Wilderness Journeys, Bonnarong, Sapphire up at Frasenay. I know they have their um, Tassie Devil uh, enclosure, uh, talking with Ross, the GM, um, you know, he, he thinks that, yeah, that, that enclosure and, and how they support the Save the Devil Foundation and the experiences that, that the guests have by also adopting a devil through that process, again, going back a step, that's also a partnership. Um, oh, I'm going to interrupt have, here because I feel like positive impact could also be your point of difference. It could be, so yes. So they're oh. all starting to work together. <laughs> um, but yeah, so really there is there's plenty of opportunity I think out there and, and I'm really interested to see where Tasmania as a state goes, uh, but businesses can certainly play their part in creating a positive impact um, for the world around them and I uh, really encourage uh, businesses to consider what uh, what can you do and what legacy would you like to leave behind with creating creating a positive impact. Absolutely. Two left. Uh, Number nine is protect. Now, protect is timely. The reason this is in here is simply because we're in a crazy time. Uh, We're going through COVID. It's looking good on the horizon. However, obviously, we're not out of the woods yet. Uh, So please, please, businesses out there, continue to protect yourself. Continue to make sure that you, all, all all the safety standards you put in place, Um, over this winter, over the last few months, continue as we continue this phase. Don't get slack and forget to fill up the hand sanitizer and forget social distancing. Make sure that you're protecting not just yourself, not just your staff, but your customers. Uh, Your customers need to see you doing the right thing, so protect them, um, which then, of course, ensures that you're protecting your business because nobody wants their business to be the one that uh, is the super spreader of Tasmania. Um, And on that, the the reputation of your business could then affect the reputation of Tasmania. So nobody wants nobody wants to run a business that uh, is the is responsible for spreading anything. Um, Tasmania's reputation is is too important for that. Your business reputation is too important for that. So just keep that in mind um, as we go through this next few months into the next year. 
Certainly with uh, borders opening up, there's a, there's a little bit more risk uh, there as well. So great point, Sam. And, and finally, we have um, pause, uh, P for pause, number 10, um, really. And, and this is about stopping and, and taking a breath for our, our tourism leaders and operators and, and, and owners of business. Uh, it's been a really tough eight months and business leaders have had to make uh, short-term, reactive, some very hard decisions have also had to be made. And and you know, mindsets might have changed. Uh, we might have created new habits. Our, our thinking may be challenged. So it's really important to take a moment to consider where you're at, um, not only for your business, but uh, for yourself as an individual and, and those people around you. Um, consider do you need support? There are some great organisations that that um, provide support, not only for mental health, um, but also consider your physical health as well. And what do you want uh, to achieve uh, as an individual and as a business owner? And, and where do you want to go? And, and, and can you get there? And, and, and do you need to make a change? And I think it's important that, that you look after yourself. Um, and whilst it has also been a, a challenging few months. Also consider the incredible, you know, achievements that you have made over this period and of those around you. Just like a smile can be contagious, um, you know, spreading and celebrating um, the hard work that others have done not only feels good about uh, for yourself, but also for the others as well. So, so really, there are there is power in um, stopping and reflecting. Make sure you you be kind to yourself. You look after yourself. Consider where um, your business is at, your teams are at, your family, your networks, and beyond. Really, we're all in the same boat, and um, that's one of the the beautiful things about the tourism industry. So yeah, pause, stop, and take a breath. And that uh, Sam uh, rounds out our ten P's. 10 Ps. So 10 things we believe all tourism operators should be doing right now. I'm sure some of you have done some of these already. And if you have, well done. If you haven't started, it's never too late to make some changes in your business. So here's some suggestions for you. So Jake Smith, thank you very much. Thank you, Sam. Uh, I'm Sam. Sa- <laughs> thank you uh, for sharing this podcast episode recording with me today. For all of you tourism operators out there, have a listen to all the rest of the episodes that the TICT have produced in Talking Tourism, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism.